Good morning. Welcome to the first bowl of Question Crunch. My first questions are for my dear friend, the paranormal pixie herself, Connor Bright. We talk about the spooky experiences she has had and her history with the paranormal, and what sort of Halloween shenanigans she enjoys in and out of the month of October. <laughs> Hi, okay. I am here with Connor, uh, the Paranormal Pixie. I I met you at an event, and I was introduced to you as the Paranormal Pixie right off the back. I think that was the first time you even brought up the Midsummer Scream. And you were like, oh, hey, I got, I, I'm associated with this Halloween convention. And I was like, hang on, Halloween convention? I, I, there's one? There's there, A Halloween convention exists? Do you remember that? That was... Yes, that was a geek. I think it was right? a geek me. Yeah. Pretty sure it's geek me. That I'm pretty confident about that. Yeah. And I have been a fan of the the, the 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 your name, Paranormal Pixie, from then. Um where does that come from? I'm just curious about that. I've never get, actually asked. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get credit for it. I did not come up with the Paranormal Pixie. I just kinda did everything under my own name until we were at a Chicago Ghost Conference probably 10 years ago and somebody was introducing me and just was like this is connor she's the little paranormal pixie and i was just stuck right there Do you remember, who was that that said that I, it was either dave schrader or jeff belanger they're both researchers on ghost adventures that's nuts. That's a that's like a huge breakthrough kind of moment, like a historical moment where it's like, oh yeah, that's Connor and she is and then light poured down and music. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was just like I have been trying so long to come up with something and this guy just said it. Now did you keep your cool? Did you know it at the time or afterwards you're like, I like that? No, the moment he said it, I was like that's it. That's what I'm going by. Congratulations, I'm stealing it. You knocked over the microphone. That's it! Yep. <laughs> I was like walking on stage to present, and I was like, oh, okay, sure. So why were you invited to that thing to talk about paranormal stuff? My paranormal partner at the time was, he's from Chicago. So we were in and out of Chicago doing work and research, and we were at the Chicago Ghost Conference to talk about specifically LA ghosts as they relate to Chicago because there's a lot of overlap between like mafia bosses and the theater and just kind of similarities in ghost stories out of states and all around the world. Now the ghosts, so you said that they vary from Chicago, from Chicago being the mob bosses and LA is the theater ghosts? Uh, no, there's both in both cities. So really there's not a lot of difference between how a ghost is going to act in one city versus another city you're still talking about people but you might notice a different type of ghost story more often just based on what the city's history is so chicago has a lot of mafia crime mm -hmm. But L.A. has a lot of scandals okay. that end up becoming ghost stories now because uh, you said that you know, ghosts are people, uh, well, at least, you know, post people. Mm -hmm. uh, um, but people vary from city to city. They do. 
Now, I'm just wondering, are the ghosts in L.A. going to be more dramatic? Are they going to be more over the top? They're going to have more showmanship versus the mob ghosts are going to hang out in the corner and grunt at you or... <laughs> Not really. When it comes to hauntings, for the most part, you come across residual hauntings, which are just kind of leftover energy. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of a moment that's revisited over okay. and over instead of a person that's there trapped. More more of the emotion versus the personality. Yeah, so... Interesting. Emotions are the same across the country, around the world. Yeah. But how the emotion expresses itself might be a little different. You might have, let's say, like the same Valentine's Day massacre outside of Chicago and... I don't even know. Like Jonestown. Yeah, some kind of affair in LA or like Jonestown. Like those tragedies, the human emotions behind them are still the same. Yeah. So that's what makes the haunting. Okay. So there's the stories may be different depending from city to city that originates the fury and anger, but the anger is still consistent. Yeah, I would that's a good way to phrase it. Okay, I could dig it. What got you into paranormal stuff to begin with? I always joke, the house that I grew up in, from one of my bedroom windows, I could see Arlington National, and the other, I could see the Pentagon. Okay. So I had no choice. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> you were just, like, looking out your window and saw the Pentagon? Yeah, you could see it. It was, like, out in the far corner, very... <laughs> but it was there. Oh, hey, it's that place that's on TV all the time. Hi, yeah. government. <laughs> Basically, we were down the street from everything really and we lived in arlington it's right outside of dc okay so but, go on that's that's so <laughs> that's so bizarre just yeah it's just right. how we grew up i didn't grow up in a haunted house yeah i'm not psychic all right but i liked history a lot and ghost stories capture a different part of history that's still alive because it's still there And a lot of times, the things that create ghost stories aren't the St. Valentine's Day Massacre, but are some small murder that happened in a house that doesn't make it in the huge scheme of the giant history books, but they're still important because they're still human memories. And I like collecting those little human moments that might slip through the big cracks. And of course... The big stories themselves often have ghost stories, and if you go back and read straight up until, like, the 70s, ghost stories were talked about in newspapers. Like, oh, so-and-so saw a ghost on the corner of such-and-such, and And that's just left in the newspaper. Like, the giant headlines, Kennedy assassinated, and four pages over, you'll find some weird story about the time somebody saw a ghost in their house. So you like the small stories? I like the small stories. How do you research the small stories if there's if they're the small stories? It's not like a big story where you can easily Google and be like, oh, hey, Kenny got assassinated. How do you go about researching the tiny, insignificant stuff? Well, presumably insignificant, because we don't know. We don't know how big it is. Yeah, and a lot of times you'll hear a story from somebody that's heard a story that might be true, and I'll go and research that. I have so many online accounts for, like, different newspaper collection sites that are always super fun to go through and read, like, little sections of 
you know, like so and so married so and so, and so and so saw this ghost, and just kind of looking through the latter later pages of a newspaper is always really fun to do, and I kind of like to do that to unwind. A lot of times, too, I feel like it mostly ghost stories are meant to be told orally, so you'll hear from hear about them orally from somebody at some point and it's just going back to find the full story to bring it to light instead of just like my grandma saw that she said a ghost and my grandma said she saw a ghost in her house i think she's crazy and you go maybe she's not crazy how old is the (laughs) house what is it built on what's going on that's how you find a ghost story now how do you look at the house and what, what what's the good red flag to be like oh maybe she's not crazy it depends on the house. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, especially out in LA, sometimes the house is up in the hill. You can just type in the address and every person that's ever lived there will pop up. Websites like Zillow and a couple others also will have homeowner history of the house. And then especially if somebody owns a house, you are entitled to the police records of every <laughs> phone call that has ever been placed to the police or emergency services from inside the residence that you live in. And you can get those easily. As someone who doesn't own the house, do you can get those that information? I think if you live, if you rent from a house, too, you are entitled to know what's happened at that location. That's not state to state. Some states, you don't have to disclose anything that happened in the house. Some states, you only have to disclose murders that happened within the last 50 years or less, which also doesn't help because that places you, like... John Wayne Gacy's more than 50 years ago at this point, so... Why would you have to bring up that guy? That's awful. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> of all killers to not, mention. I guess he's not quite 50 <laughs> years ago, like 40. Night what, Stalker, 30. There we go. Anything, any killer that's not a clown, I'm okay about listening okay. to. Okay. It's just the immediate mental image of his face. I'm like, oh, fun. It's still stuck in Chicago mode. Yeah, understandable. Um, what is the most bizarre haunting that you've experienced? I was thinking about this one because I have two stories. Go for it. One you don't of... need to have the most. The most is the most can be two. You can even I... have five. I don't care. I'm here to listen to ghost stories. I also say, out of the hundreds of investigations that I've done, I can still count on one hand the number of times I've experienced something that I cannot explain. One of them was a few years ago, we went to Gettysburg around Christmas time. Just my brother was working in the area. He wanted to take us out. So we went on this whole tour of Gettysburg. It was an all day from like 8 a.m. with our cups of coffee to like 8 p.m. with our cups of coffee. <laughs> and we just followed every battle movement, every moment of this. It was a really great day. And as we're st- standing up at the confederacy high watermark so it's the furthest north the south ever reached and it was really this just vain attempt by general pickett to try to get his name in the history books and charge through like you know the northern lines and they do it but in order to cross further in they have to set down their guns that the you know, Southerners have to set down their guns to step over this small wall. And, you know, Northern snipers were able to pick them off one by one. 
and can't step over the wall with a gun. You couldn't. It was just tall enough that they couldn't carry their guns, so they had to like set them down and hop over. The, their attention was just gone, just enough to be picked off. That's a terrifying wall. <laughs> that little wall was built by a freed slave. Okay. It's just Go like that this guy. great moment in American history where... Just a slight you know, obstacle? Gettysburg, <laughs> we were... North was losing yeah. straight up until Gettysburg. And this wall built by a freed slave changed the tide of history. That's nuts. So we're standing there and yeah. I'm like raving over this awesome wall. <laughs> we start hearing cannon fire from off in the distance where Pickett's Charge came from, where we had just been. Cannon fire. And there was this pause where, like, my brother and my dad and my partner and I all stop. And we hear it again. And then bullets, like, it's so loud. And the screaming starts to come in, too. And it just feels like this battle is rushing towards us. And then all of a sudden, stops. It's dead silent. And it starts to rain. I can't explain it. It's on audio. It's on video that we experienced this. And I tried really hard to find the video, but I can't. So I'm going to have to keep looking. Have you found the audio? No, I haven't found either of them. Neither of them? Okay. I think my brother kept them. Yeah. I'll have to find out. I would love to hear that. Oh, my God. It was just amazing. (laughs) And it just stopped. Yeah. Like, okie dokie. It went from my brother thinking that what I did was weird and crazy to being like, okay, maybe there's something to it. <laughs> and now he'll send me any ghost story he comes across in his own research because he's also a historian. That's got to be weird. Just that one moment where you're like, okay, well, uh, ghosts are real. I just heard, you know, a battle that wasn't happening. Yeah, like, it's amazing. That's interesting. That would be like a long, far-reaching echo. That's nuts. It is an... Gettysburg is super haunted. Like, so many people have experiences. Most of them happen during the summer because that's when the battle was fought and there's still reenactors that go and reenact the entire battle. And they'll experience encounters with soldiers, you know, from the Union of the Confederacy. They'll experience interacting with soldiers that they think are fellow reenactors yeah. but then they'll walk away and vanish <laughs> they're and, all talking to us like hey dan uh you are more transparent than usual all right <laughs> there's one story of two guys sitting there and they have another guy approach them and hands them ammunition like you're going to need this it's ammunition no this is a this is a play don't worry about it <laughs> so the, but they take it yeah and they just set it aside, and then after they pull back out the box, and they were handed, like, a brand new box of ammunition, but they open it, and it's weathered and worn, and all the bullets are resting inside. And they're like, what just happened? I would, I would, I, I would, that would be, like, a trophy, in my opinion. I'm like, hey, this a ghost gave me that. Uh, it is mine now. You don't know <laughs> it belongs it in the museum. <laughs> like, like, I'm going to save this forever. So you said you can count on your hand all the ones that you can't describe. Yes. So let's hear another one because okay. that Gettysburg is pretty awesome. Um, I was investigating a house in rural Illinois. We were called in by the owner of the house because she got super connected to this family that had lived in the house years ago. And, and they called started, you. And they called us. So who, yeah. you are who you're going to call. I am actually okay. who you're going to call. I didn't want to bring that up, but I'm a huge Ghostbuster. I was like, Jimmy? 
try not to quote Ghostbusters that much. But that moment of like giving a call, I'm like, that's my end. You that's, have to. I look I gotta, like Janine. You have to bring up Ghostbusters. One of my favorite Janines, too. Because <laughs> the cartoon is the real Ghostbusters, the bright orange yes. hair. Yeah. Okay, so they gave you a call. Yeah, so they gave me a call, and she was like, I want you to come in because I have not experienced any hauntings in this house, but I feel like this family's energy is still there. I'm like, okie dokie. And she was like, don't worry, you don't have to do any research. I've literally done it all. So we walk into our house with all of our gear and head to her dining room table that is just piled with information <laughs> about this family. Are they boxes or are they just They're folders? just pieces of paper just pieces folders. Of pa- just stacks like of paper? Stacks of paper and she's dug up the front yard and has all of these bits and pieces that belong to the previous owners. And oh. I was like... She was going full Dreyfus from Close Encounter. Yeah, okay, quite extreme. Yeah. And as we're wandering the house, there's just kind of... We're going from, like, room to room and asking, you know, the questions, like, from the paranormal shows. Is anybody here? I'm trying to contact. I don't even remember any family do you have a do, do, is there? Do you have a tool? That, yeah, I've got the know. EMF detector. Okay. I've got, you know, like, an audio recorder that I have with me from whenever I investigate, every member that I'm investigating with has to have their own audio recorder and they wear it because that's the only way to know where a noise is coming from. I might hear something reviewing my footage like my tape but it won't be on somebody else's tape or i might hear a bump and go oh that's a ghost but it was you tripping upstairs but i didn't know that until i would review your audio to see what you were doing so we have our audio recorders our emf detectors that they just they read changes in the Earth's electromagnetic field, so sometimes you have to be careful because, like, lights can set them off. Okay. So we weren't really getting anything until we headed down into the basement. Of course. Actually, it started out in the attic room. where Even she, better. Yeah, she decided that she Ghosts wanted, don't do stuff in closets. Yeah, but she wanted <laughs> to have, like, a real kind of, like, you know... Uh, seance moment where it's yeah. like, okay, we're going to hold hands and channel our And the house, and the, the person house. who owned it person said she wants to do a seance. On the house wanted okay. to do that. So we were like, okay, fine. So we do that and it just the whole energy of the house changes in that. And then she's like, okay, well, let's head down to the basement. And as we were walking down in the basement, I trip and I fall down the stairs, which isn't unusual for me. Okay. Gravity, whatever. Gravity is a thing. But when I hit the ground... I felt like I hit water, like I was drowning. I couldn't breathe. My ears filled up, everything. I was like, I think I'm dying. And I kind of take this moment and gather myself as I'm talking about how I'm feeling on my recorder and stuff. And the woman of the house just heads downstairs and she was like, did you know that somebody like tripped and fell in the middle of a storm and the basement was flooding and they drowned there? (laughs) Got better. I'm like, don't tell me that. Please don't tell me that. Jay, by the way. <laughs> Excuse me. You know that drowning thing you did? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't say that. Oh, gosh. So that was another, like, really genuinely odd experience that I had. And I'm, I'm not psychic. I don't really... I discount a lot of that kind of stuff. So it's uh-huh. just this weird moment to have. It's like, 
I had literally just made of somebody made fun of somebody else the week prior for saying something like that. I'm like, oh, it's real. Okay. <laughs> but, Did you call them back and be like, hey, I'm sorry? Yeah, kind of. I'm such a skeptic. Yeah. I always say I'm Scully, not Mulder. Yeah. So I discount everything. Everything's thrown straight out the window. I empathize. I'm forced <laughs> to realize it's something else. Yeah. So maybe I've experienced a lot more paranormal. I've just like. I mean, well, you go and you seek it out. So it's, it's, if you look for trouble. (laughs) It's true. That is true. Is that, do you have more like crazy stories? Because this is really fun. Yes. All right. Okay. So here in LA, because I feel like I've told enough East Coast stories now. Okay. There used to be a hospital called Linda Vista Community Hospital. Yeah. It's, obviously it was a hospital. It was decommissioned in the 80s because it actually had a very high death rate. Not because of any mal- <laughs> not because of any malpractice within the hospital, okay. but simply because it was in between two rival gang territories. Oh, all right. So everybody was being brought there, and of course, a lot of like trauma victims from situations like that they don't survive. Yeah, uh, it's at the time it was then a super popular filming location. Like parts of Pearl Harbor were filmed there. Buffy the Vampire Slayer was filmed. Do you know which there. episode of Buffy? Uh, Sorry, I don't know about no, Pearl Harbor, okay. but Buffy, come on. The episodes <laughs> where her mom is in the hospital—that's the hospital that they're at. Okay. Is Vista. Okay. And then Insidious Chapter Two, the hospital from that is also Linda Vista. Okay. Um, I forget. There's like a oh Dexter. Yeah. The ice cream truck killers, his, like, setup is Linda Vista okay. as well. And you can see the sign and everything in it that they just, like, put something You said Buffy, over. my mind already... I know, you're like... I've already got the image in my head. I'm yes. like, all right, done, let's do this. So that's what it looks I'm like. Um, so you're, as an investigator, and it's also a very popular investigation site since it had so many really traumatic deaths and this really bloody history... It has a psych ward on its property, too, that has very violent hauntings, like where you'll get the scratching and bleeding and pushing, uh, which we did not investigate. Scratching and bleeding, is is the blood from the scratches, or does the blood just happen? Blood from the scratches. Okay. It's not stigmata. I well, I wasn't even thinking about that. I actually, my mind went straight to The Shining, except you know, less dramatic. Just a, just a little less dramatic. Yeah, like there's just one stream, like one puddle of. Yes. Yeah, so, Sorry. No, you're good. Go on. I lost my train of thought. Okay, so we didn't investigate the psych ward. We investigated the hospital itself, mm-hmm. and even the hospital itself has its own tragic history. Its most famous ghost story is that of a doctor who was operating on a gang member and lost his patient. And then when he went home that night, when he went back to his car in the parking lot, that gang members, the rest of his gang, shot the doctor, thinking that the doctor was at fault. And the doctor obviously is very upset and still haunts that surgery room. But it's also a filming location. So you're walking through this whole area and there's multiple rooms that are set up to look like the surgery room. And you like open a door and it looks like a satanic ritual set up in it. And you're like, well, that's not real. <laughs> <laughs> so this whole hospital, you Just walk a goat in. face is like, um, hmm. <laughs> Hollywood, right? <laughs> you walk in there and then there's all these weird misconceptions too. Because it was on Ghost Adventures and in Ghost Adventures at one point. And I love Ghost Adventures. It has a solid team of researchers. But Zach does not always get that research out very articulately. Okay. So in this episode, he said that the 
boiler room was a mortuary um, where they like burn bodies, which is crematorium. There you go. Yeah. Which is not possible because you can't cremate a body in the same location as a hospital in California. Okay. But that's there too, and so you're thinking like, oh, that's the crematorium. Ooh. As people who don't know the rules, I'm like, I would believe it. Yeah. <laughs> so the ghost hunter said, yo, we, they burn bodies. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm on board. So we're investigating this, and I'm down in the basement wandering through, like, all the like, surgery rooms, and there's just huge records rooms and stuff there, too, that I'm like, ooh, medical records. Is it low lighting, lots of shadows? Oh, yeah. Ugh. It's dark. <laughs> I'm using, like, my night vision camera with, yeah. like, a huge onboard light to help me see. So it's, like, looking at the world kind of through this and then in shades of moonlight awesome yeah and there's raccoons running around there too so okay like hearing things you're like oh, that's a fat little raccoon why didn't you go to the psych ward uh the psych ward you are not allowed to go to unless you have a ton of liability insurance permit. oh all right and i don't have that <laughs> yeah and oh. actually at the time linda vista was in the process of being converted into an old folks home mm-hmm. and the first thing that they converted was the the asylum yeah. portion of it. So there were already people living in there by the time we investigated this. And yes, I know you're going to ask, the old folks' ham ha- home has a massive turnover rate. I wasn't going to ask. That's sad. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you stick grandma in a haunted house? That's a terrible idea. I don't know. <laughs> I think that old people have already lived enough where they're just like, oh, yeah, ghosts. Nah. I, guess I think that true, younger people are, are going to freak out. The, the old people are like, yeah, it's a thing. These are very <laughs> violent ghosts. This is the only oh. place that I've investigated where I had scratch marks on me okay. by the time I left. And we investigated in the middle of winter. And it it gets cold in abandoned buildings in the winter. So I was wearing like a thick jacket and stuff. Nothing that I could have bumped into and scratched. But yeah. straight across my back. Um. And it wasn't a situation where, again, I discount everything until Uh I have to believe it. And it wasn't until I was reviewing the audio, like I said, the the people that I was investigating with, we all had voice recorders on. When I'm listening to the audio afterwards, I hear um, one of the people's voices over, like, clear as day, calling my name. Hey, Connor, where are you? Connor... I need you, help me, come find me, where are you? And I immediately, like, you know, pull my headphones off and shout over. I was like, hey, did anybody call for me in the middle of the night? They're like, no, why would we? We were in a huge building. I would have just literally called you. We've got technology. Yeah. (laughs) Why would I go looking for you? And I call bullshit and I make everybody else show me their audio. And sure enough, nobody is listening, nobody is looking for me, but I clearly heard you know my investigation team my partner's voice calling for me but you didn't hear that at the time i didn't hear it at the time i was headed into that surgery room too Mm -hmm. and i like i said i didn't hear it at the time i just suddenly heard like something i got a weird feeling and i just walked away from the room and then ended up running into the producers of the like show that we were working on which never got picked up um, but it was a pilot, and I ran to the producers and then just spent the rest of the night with them because they were so scared. <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> See, I, 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 
I would like to go on these kind of things because I I don't get scared that easily by dark rooms. If someone's like, "Oh, we're gonna go hit see a hospital," I'm like, "Yeah, that's cool." Yeah. The darkness is just lack of light. <laughs> and there is. 99.9% of ghost hunting is sitting there talking to yourself, hoping yeah. something answers. Sure. Which, in a case when you're talking by yourself, people are like, oh, I would hate for something to answer. I was like, oh, you want to hope somebody's going to answer you or else you're just crazy. <laughs> I remember I, I went to a, a place I worked, they were saying that it was haunted. And they were like, oh, well, we, we shouldn't have told you that it was haunted because now you're going to stay away from that place. I'm like, no, I'm going to go there. And the person I was getting trained with, She's like, oh, don't go there. Ghosts know that you're looking for them and they won't show. And I'm like, oh, that seems like a weird rule. No, it's super true, though. It is? It really is. The more you are looking for a paranormal experience, the less likely you are to experience one. Okay. Most of these paranormal encounters that I've had have been at times where I completely let my guard down. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just super unsettling and kind of weird that that happens. But yeah, the moment you let your guard down... Um, so this is not my own story, but some friends of mine were investigating a ballroom ghost. You know, the kind of like it's Slimer, it's like Slimer. Okay, yeah. it's it's one of those. That's the first image that came in my head when you said ballroom. Awesome, a ballroom or dance hall ghost. Yeah. You know, a lot of these are like wartime story, wartime stories of a girl that comes and dances the night away with some man, and he drives her home. And either, like, depending on where you're hearing the story from, he either pulls over by the side of the road at a cemetery and she says, like, where I go, you cannot follow me, blah, blah, blah. And she vanishes. She vanishes from the car as he's driving her home and it's a ghost. But this is a very famous dance hall that's known for that. And they're looking and the dance hall's closed. So they're just, like, looking into the windows and, like, nobody's in there. They can see the mirrors on the other side. And they, had, they said they were, like, peering in, and they saw themselves and thought it was a ghost, and then figured out what was going on, and they just were laughing at each other. And all of a sudden, there's this huge, like, as they turn around, they hear this, like, bam, like somebody slammed their hands on the glass behind them, and they, like, jumped ten feet. <laughs> like, the more relaxed you can be in a paranormal situation, I feel like the more likely you are to experience something. Gotcha. Because you're not on high alert anymore. Do you think it's like the aura or the mood? Because you're saying that a lot of these ghosts have to do with uh, the emotions that have imprinted themselves in the place. So I'm wondering if dropping your guard is your you you know the levels of your mood letting them in. Yeah, I think so. I okay, think it's just kind of if that would if that made sense. <laughs> it does. The, just the, the idea that just kind of letting go for a moment allows you to adjust to their own mood or whatever. It'd be weird if like. When you two were first telling the story of the ballroom ghost, I was just thinking that they they all had a laugh about their reflection. When the laughter stops, more laughter is happening. <laughs> and they look over to the side. It's like, oh hey, that's a that's a ghost. Like, <laughs> hand slam. <laughs> so uh, so October's coming, or at mm-hmm. least you know this show is going to come out early October. So October's here when this is online. Um, and you do a thing in October, which is the Haunted Red Line Tours. Am I saying that correct? Was yes. that the name? Haunted yes, Red Line the Tours? Haunted Red Line Tours. Okay. What is that? So here in Los Angeles, it's very hard to get a tour going because the city's so spread out. Uh-huh. But the LA Metro Red Line runs straight from like downtown LA Union Station to North Hollywood. It is the perfect LA tour 
but it's underground. And I can't take credit for this tour. It is... Um, I'm going to give you credit, so don't... You can be humble all you like. So who, who actually started? Go on. You're good. Uh, Richard Carradine, he runs Gula, the Ghost Hunters of Urban Los Angeles. This is yeah. his tour, and he moved to a different area of Los Angeles, and there was kind of this opening. So he asked me, he's like, hey, would you like to host this tour for me for Gula? This was two years ago, because I don't want to. I was like, yeah, that sounds like fun. And I did it, and it went really well, and then he was just like, here, have it. Like, this is your tour now. <laughs> what am I going to do with it? Yeah. Like, okay, sure. And I love it because we meet at Union Station. I get to talk about Union Station ghosts. And we then hop in the train and we'll stop at a couple more stops. We go up to the surface and I just point out haunted locations that you can see from the exit of the red line. And it works surprisingly well. There's a lot of ghosts in L.A. And this is a really nice quick way to not only hear you know, a lot of cool ghost stories, but kind of experience L.A. history from, you know, L.A.'s oldest foundings at Union Station with Olvera Street straight through till, you know, North Hollywood towards the end with the studios and all of the big history there. It really kind of creates this really neat timeline of L.A. Approximately how many stops do you have? Uh, there are, depending on how the trains are running and how frequent, I shouldn't really say this but there's between eight and nine stops yeah depending on is that what you should say or <laughs> yeah, I was like, come multiple times to see if you get the extra stop uh, it that's really not boils, bad that's really not bad boils. you're playing it by ear and you know the stops that you want yes. to go the aim the guideline what really comes down to is hollywood and highland because uh-huh. if it's going to be crazy busy at hollywood and highland i usually just ask my group I was like who's been to hollywood and highland and everybody raises their hand i'm like okay cool i'm gonna tell the ghost story somewhere else then. <laughs> <laughs> because it's bad I can dig yeah. it. How long does your tour usually last? It is a three-hour tour. I know. Okay. Good. Because mm-hmm. I'm not going to do the quote, but I'm, yeah. I'm just going to look at you. All right. Three-hour yeah. tour. All right. Well, most of my tours are three-hour tours. Yeah. Do, do you get a lot of people like, oh, oh, oh. Every now and then. Okay, good, good. I'm hoping that, because like, I, I, I would be that guy if you said, all right, well, this tour is three hours. I'd be like, oh, it's <laughs> like that thing. It's always so hard because you never know what jokes are going to land in yeah. a like, ghost story or that kind of situation. So I was like, I hope somebody gets this. <laughs> I also have a backside of water joke in oh one my of my God. tours. It's like 50-50 whether it lands. If you don't know the backside of water joke, that's from the Jungle Cruise at Disneyland. So, you know, FYI. I don't think that anyone listening to is going to really be like, I don't know what she's talking about. But just in case. It'll be the same people that are also confused by the three-hour tour joke. Uh, don't say that. That's that's I feel like that's insane. You're right. It's accurate, but I don't want to hear that because I'm sure I'm sure there's too many people who like who don't know Gilligan's Island, and that's depressing. Like just Google it, okay? Yeah, just Google it. That's ah. Okay, so I'm looking forward to it. I'm hoping that, and that's what day of the week? I'm gonna do it Sundays. At what what time? I usually try to do around sunset. Sunset. Um, so like five six o'clock. Okay. Usually that I start. Do you allow flash photography? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds cool. That sounds awesome. Uh, how does someone sign up for that? It's a totally free tour. You just show up at Union Station with your Metro Pass ready to go. So you'll free buy... tour. Yeah. That okay. <laughs> it's really. How do you charge for something that's on public transportation? I don't know. I figured that you it's know. an <laughs> it's an overview, and I hope you guys all like me enough to then come to one of my other events that you actually pay for. Yeah, she does have a lot of cool events, mm-hmm. so that's that's gonna be awesome. So it's free. It's on Sundays of October. Yep. 
um, three hours. Uh, anything else you need, yeah, people need to know about? Meet outside of Union Station. Buy your Metro Pass. You want the full day Metro Pass, so it's six dollars. So you, you bring that with you. We meet outside Union Station at the Sundial. Tips are appreciated, and I would love them because I am. I don't want to say poor because then it sounds like I'm begging. Yeah, just, so just tip, tips are welcome. Yeah, and tips appreciate are welcome. Please. Yeah. Yes. Um, does it get cold? Do you recommend jackets? Yeah, I, I do recommend a jacket. If you be aware that my sound system isn't super great, so if you're hard of hearing, make sure that you try to like stay towards the front of the pack. I'm hoping to maybe at some point invest in some kind of like audio where people can wear yeah. headsets while I'm talking, but I'm not there yet. If I would be surprised if there's like an app that, that can help you. I think there is. I just haven't. It was a problem that came up last. No, yeah, last year. So I was like, okay, I got to figure something out because. Some of, uh, I've had up to 200 people on these tours. Wow. Yeah. Or there was like 150, I think, is what we counted. Yeah, but that's a big train, them. like a crowded train. Yeah, we're basically people. an entire train. And it's just me <laughs> and my little voice. And I had, the, the first year that I did, I had the teeniest, tiniest sound system. Because and that's what I used for all my other tours. I wasn't expecting <laughs> so many people. So I'm just screaming. <laughs> Just one person that, that behind 199 people, that person's like, what? Basically, yeah, they're like, I can't hear you. I'm like, well, I'm sorry. I can't help you. There's got to be an app. I refuse to believe that there's no app for this. So. Yeah, I just got to look into it. All right, we got to look so. into it. Um, so we met, and you, I mentioned earlier that we met, and you told me about Midsummer Scream. And so it's uh, the, the area that you take you're in charge of is Paranormal Pixies Pumpkin Patch. Mm-hmm. How did that happen? I have known David Marklin, who runs Midsummer Scream, for a very long time. I've worked with him on some of, on some of his other projects, and I've always been a crafty person. I used to have a Star Trek themed craft show called Glue Guns and Phasers. Okay. <laughs> and I attended one of Marklin's other convention endeavors. And just kind of like cross paths with them. It's actually the same one that I met Richard from Gula at too. So I just met everybody and it came up that I do craft things. And Mark Lind was like, well, I would love to have you come and do a craft. And the only space to put my craft was in the kids area. And then just over time it became the Paranormal Pixies Pumpkin Patch. And every year it's bigger than the year before. And every year it's a new craft and a new experience. And I love... The kids of the horror community because they're the bravest little kids I've ever seen. Like they stuck me in the kids' craft corner because I'm a huge baby about like haunted houses and things that are going to jump out and scare at me. So I'm in my little area, but these kids are super fun because they're just like you paint faces and you go, "What do you want on your face?" And they're like, "I want to look like Jason Voorhees." And I'm like, "You're like four. <laughs> You're so cute." I also feel like the kids, uh, like I do free sketches and at the Paranormal Pixies uh, Pumpkin Patch, I do a thing where I ask kids to suggest body parts and I draw monsters out of the parts. And I've done free drawings for people at different conventions, different shows, and it's usually for adults. I feel like kids tap into this otherworldly mindset of horror that gives me the scariest drawings I've ever drawn. Like, I still think about how I drew one head, and I said, all right, so what kind of eye are we going to do for this one? They said, Pennywise face. I'm like, what? 
And like, yeah, Pennywise face as the eyeball. I'm like, that's nightmare. Oh my god. <laughs> I think there was one that you did that had like an elephant tr- tusks and like fly eyes yeah. or something like that. I was like, what is this? I just walked by and it's like, okay. Horror, horror kids, uh, I think that they beha- they behave really well. The you know, most extreme, like negative one, was just you know rambunctious. They're just hyperactive. Yeah. But it's never been a big issue. I think that's amazing. This this past year, the 2019 Midsummer Scream, and Midsummer Scream is in uh, August. August. Yep. Does it already have the dates for next yes, year? Yes, it's August first and second. So the first weekend in August. Okay. We're keeping our time this time. So it's in Long Beach, first weekend of August. Uh, it's an awesome. Uh, is that weekend or that month, that period of time, chosen specifically because that's the best time to get all the haunts, all the theme parks and whatnot? Basically, yeah. It's the last chance that you have to get all of us before we have to do all of our, you know, October prep for the big haunt season. Like, this is the last big hurrah. I used to joke that it was Halloween for people that don't actually get to celebrate Halloween. That's, that's accurate. Yeah. Because a lot of those people are going to be too busy in October. They'll be, okay, no, I like that. Yeah, All right. I can't remember the last time I did something fun on my own in Halloween, you know. Really? Yeah. Oh, last year I worked for Warner Brothers Haunted House, and that was super, super fun. But yeah. that wasn't through Halloween. Usually Halloween I'm, like, in my PJs watching horror movies. Cause it's like, that's, a, that's a good celebration of Halloween. Yep. I'm perfectly fine with that celebration of Halloween. Get some pumpkin spice whatever oh, yeah. horror movies. It's a whole pumpkin spice like trove of everything, and I just sit there and eat it and watch horror movies. Now, what's a horror movie that is definitely on your list of something that you have to watch during October? Trick or Treat. Trick or Treat? Trick or Treat, hands down. Why? It's the perfect Halloween movie. Okay. It's set at Halloween. It's got the right kind of whimsy and fun to it. It's got enough horror to it. And I love an anthology because it feels like Scary Stories Still in the Dark was kind of the same way, though it had its own narrative. It's just these little stories that are like snippets throughout Halloween that it kind of reminds me of like what I like about ghost stories. Like it's just these little human moments. Though, of course, in Trick or Treat, everything's awful and gory and gross, but I love it. Like the, the one with the son and his dad while they're carving the pumpkin. A dad, I, I can't remember the actor's name, but he has such a uh, textured voice, and I yeah. love hearing him talk. I'm like, yeah, keep just just talk, just do stuff. That's a great, like October Halloween story. Which is your favorite story? Oh, you said the kid and the dad. Kid and the dad. Okay, I love the kid and the dad. That's a good one. Uh, one of my favorite parts about the kid and the dad one is that you got to see uh, the neighbor and him talking to each other, yes. and you got to see the camera in two different moments. I thought that was really cool. Such a great told anthology. Do you like Sam? Of course I do. He's so cute. Now, which one, which character would you say is your favorite? I don't know. Uh, which character would you say is your favorite that has a pumpkin head? Would you say Sam's your favorite pumpkin-headed one? Or is there another one? That's really hard. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, I gave you a bunch of questions. This is one horseman. that just came up. <laughs> no, the Headless Horseman. Headless Horseman? Headless Horseman. I mean, I guess it doesn't like technically have a pumpkin head, but he kind of does sure. in some of the lore. I Every love... drawing has him having a pumpkin, so. Yeah, I guess that's true. I just love that story. I think it's a really fun, captures New England in yeah. the fall so well. And it always kind of makes me a little homesick whenever I watch it or see it. Now, which one's your favorite Sleepy Hollow story? Or r- rendition? 
I mean, I grew up with the animated one from Disney, uh-huh. but I really like the Johnny Depp one. I know it's not like the best movie, but I think it's a really fun one. That music's really beautiful. I enjoy all the visuals from yeah, that Sleepy Hollow. Which is what Sleepy Hollow is to me. It's just this visually stunning story that doesn't really have a lot of substance to Even it. Even that, that tree, the tree of the heads, yes. it's just a gorgeous tree. <laughs> we had uh, like all the Todd McFarlane toys from it. They're Todd uh-huh. McFarlane? Yeah. Because he made a whole set of toys, and it was like the tree was massive and beautiful from that. That's and rad. Yeah, I loved it. Um, what what music? Would you, what's the, your favorite song from the from your playlist that you have to play during October? Monster Mash. Monster Mash. I feel like it's the only time of year I really get to listen to Monster <laughs> Mash, and I think it's so much fun. Okay. Uh, do you just listen to the classic Monster Mash, or do you listen to other renditions of it? No, the classic one's the only, really only one. Really okay, because once I found out that Vincent Price sang it, I'm like... That's true, the Vincent Price one is nice, but I still like the original. Oh, no, the original, I think the original has a lot more fun to it, because mm-hmm. he gets, all, when he, my favorite parts was when he talks about Dracula, and he's like, what the happened to my Tantalvinia twist? I, I love it when he brings in the accent. <laughs> um, let's see, what else? Oh, okay. Uh... What ghost story movie do you think captures ghost stories the most accurately? It doesn't have to be the full movie. Because, like, let's say you picked Haunting. I know there's not going to be CG cherubs moving around. But there could be something about the movie that did capture what you think is accurate about ghost stories. I feel like there's a lot of movies where the first half does really well. Like, the... The first half of the very first Paranormal Activity movie... I was thinking about that one. so good. Uh-huh. Everything else... Is- trash the first <laughs> half is so good because you're so scared and the stillness of the moments really drives it yeah um the original 13 ghosts i love there was just this like series of ghost movies throughout the 50s like like 40s early 50s even in the early 60s where they're just so well told like the original 13 ghosts and it had this cheesy gimmick you know where i like, didn't know there was original 13 yes, ghosts oh my gosh, the well, that's my, that's on my list of movies I got watched yeah. in October. Oh my god! It's a All black right. and white movie, Sold. and it had what they call ghost vision. Yeah. So <laughs> when you went to see the movie, you were given these little viewfinders that were shaped like ghosts, and it had like a like like 3D glasses, but it was like red yeah. on the bottom, blue on the top. And if you looked through the blue ones, you'd see the ghosts, but if you looked through the red ones, you wouldn't, because basically it's a black and white film with like 3D images floating across uh-huh. the front of it. So you could choose whether or not you wanted to be scared or not. So, do you... Th- okay, in the original 13 Ghosts, because I don't want too much spoilers mm-hmm. for the movie, because I need to see it now, uh, do they have the goggles to see the ghosts in the movie? They do in the remake, but not yes. in the first one. I've okay, been, so, been a long time since do you feel it. like the new one put the goggles in it just because you had the 3D glasses yes, to see the ghosts? Yes, that's entirely why they did it. Oh my god, that's so... <laughs> That's a really nerdy twist. That's a really nerdy thing to put in the plot. Yeah. I am going to have to watch this original. Yeah. Oh, man. I own it. I own it. We'll watch it. And I still have, because Gula did a screening of it a few years ago where they actually reprinted the, like, ghosts hunting, like, ghost seekers. Hey, if you're playing a scary movie thing, we'll watch a scary movie night and we'll we'll pumpkin spice the hell out of that. Hell yeah, I'm down. Uh, What pumpkin spice thing are you looking forward to the most this year? And don't say that the coffee is a given. Like the coffee. The coffee's a given. I want something that is not a given. I really like the pumpkin spice donuts from Dunkin' Donuts. Okay. Because they're a nice cake donut. Did I tell you my really first nice. time I had one of those donuts? 
No. Okay, so I went to Boston, and <laughs> my friend was like, it was it was snowing. I'm a Californian, born and raised in California, so I don't like snow. And the guy's like, hey, I'm going to go get some Dunkin' Donuts. He's like, why? There's weather going out, out there. <laughs> don't go out in the weather. That's not, no, that's weather that you stay inside. Don't do that. And he's like, no, I'm okay. I'm like, whatever, I'm not. And so he went to go get donuts, and he went to go get me you his know, pumpkin spice donut. And I, I'm not really familiar with Dunkin' Donuts, and so he comes back and he gives me the pumpkin spice donut, or at least the one I think is a pumpkin spice donut. And so I bit into it, and I was like, this donut sucks. Huh. I thought the Dunkin' Donuts, I thought America runs on Dunkin' Donuts. Why is this one just crappy pumpkin spice donut? That's bad. And so I dipped it in coffee, I was like, oh, it's a Dunkin' Donut, you dunk it, alright, whatever. And so the next day, we go to Dunkin' Donuts again. And I actually buy the, the the pumpkin spice donut, and I pick it up, and I'm like, "This is not the one I had last night. I had the cinnamon donut <laughs> the night before, so the crappy one, the crappy pumpkin spice was not pumpkin spice at all." And so when I got the actual one that day, yes, you're right, so good. That donut is delicious, mm-hmm. and it was actually like, had like orange frosting on it. And I'm like, that was, and I I complained to him. I was like, "You went out in the weather and got me not a pumpkin spice donut. This seems dumb. Whatever." I'm upset about that. Um, who is your favorite uh, fictional ghost? So, Jacob Marley as Goofy. Oh. <laughs> or Goofy as Jacob Marley. Okay. Um, I had to, like, think about this yeah. a lot. Well, there's a lot of good so, fictional ghosts. There are. And then I also decided, like, the Bloody Mary Candyman kind yeah. of style story of, like, saying the name of the mirror is a huge favorite of mine. I loved doing that when I was a kid. Uh-huh. Uh, like, sleepovers. And then also the box ghost from Danny Phantom. Nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you said Jacob Marley, I was immediately went going to Muppets. Oh, that one's a good one, too, but I like Goofy. That makes sense. No, I love Goofy. Goofy's awesome. It's, it's just whenever I think of Marley Brothers, every time I even watch a... Every time I watch a Christmas Carol that's not the Muppets... I'm still expecting that song. And the Marley shows up. I'm like, Marley and Marley. Ooh. And they don't do it. And I'm like, this is, I've got ripped off. <laughs> I always just love Goofy in it because he keeps like tripping over his chains. Sure. He's like, I don't know. It's like a piggy bank tied to it. You know how Goofy always has a narrator telling him stuff? I feel like I kind of want that. I, I want them to reprise that, uh, do it again. But it's him as a ghost. I was oh like, gosh. so you've died, uh, and you're trying to figure out how to work with your paranormal entity. Well, you're in luck. And they tell Goofy how to be a ghost. I'd watch the hell out of that. I definitely <laughs> watch the hell out of that. I also love the Mickey. It's, is, is it a silly symphony? No, it's not. I think you're the, talking about the ghost the hunters. The ghost hunters. Yeah. I had that like scene with them in like, the, you know, like the hats with the nets and stuff. Painted on my bedroom wall when I was a kid. Did you see it recently? Because they they fixed the audio, and I don't like the fixed audio. No. I yeah, don't the know. ghosts actually sound clear. Oh and no, I, no. I liked them back when it sounded like they were talking into a can, and you had that really weird kind of audio I, twist to it. I thought it, that was an intentional thing that they did with it, not an audio error. I don't know if it's an audio error as much as they wanted to update it and give it actual good ghost voices. I'm like, uh, I don't like it cleaned up. I like the old classic version. Because you guys, they're never crystal clear when you hear them. So yeah. why have them be crystal clear in a Except cartoon? when you listen to your recording again, you hear them crystal clear. <laughs> or <laughs> no, did it sound like someone talking to a coffee can without like, Connor? I mean, that, that was the only time I heard something crystal clear, but it still sounded distant. Yeah. But most of the time you hear it, it's like... Like, okay. So it all sounds like Bane from uh, yeah, Dark Knight Rises. Even <laughs> Connor. 
EVPs, which are what we call like voice recordings. Yeah. Even in the rating systems, like they have like I think they're A, B, and C or one, two, three, whatever. None of the classification involves being able to hear them clearly. Just the fact that you can hear an audio like mal. I don't know what what would you call that like like a little audio glitch. The fact that you can hear that designates the EVP classification, not the fact that you can hear what the ghost is saying. Now, if you had an option of like when you die and you have like you know move on or not, and you picked or not, and you found out that now you have a job because you know unfinished business, you have a job now. Um, you can't rest in peace, uh, and your job is to haunt people. What would you do to haunt people? I would start by waking them up at weird hours of the night. Not like <laughs> 3 a.m. or something spooky like that. Yeah, don't that, be cliche. But like, but like 2.15. You know? <laughs> so it's enough that they're like, am I crazy? Just a few minutes before their alarm? <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> like, what's happening? I'm like, no, I'm just going to sleep deprive you in the worst way possible. And then... I briefly live with a ghost that like to open the refrigerator door. Okay. And that was the worst. So yeah. I would also probably keep doing that to well, somebody. Well, that cost you money. It does. It does, which is how I got rid of the ghost. Because I was finally like, you're not paying rent here. Leave me alone. <laughs> Unless you're going to pay for the utility bill. Oh, I'm sorry. Do something that's more financial and green. Thank you. Yeah, come on. <laughs> um, how would you wake them up? So, like real suddenly it's not going to be like a loud noise or anything like that i yeah. feel like i would just like poke at them until they woke <laughs> up like, hey 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 and be like what happened i've often thought about this question just because uh I'm, I'm when i tell people i was like I'm, i'd love to be a ghost i'm like would you get bored of haunting people i'm like depends on your rules because if you're a beetlejuice rules that would suck because now you're stuck in one house for all eternity yeah but if i can travel i'm gonna go all over the world and if ghosts don't have to breathe water, then I'm going to go see the Titanic because I can. And a, da- a shark swims by, has to do a double take because they thought I was a go- like I was there. And like, oh, man. <laughs> wonder if sharks are aware of hauntings like other animals are. <laughs> I like to think so. Like, they're just biting it. I go, like, oh, man. It was awful. I thought it was a... Because, like... Mostly when sharks bite people, they think it's an actual animal that's not a person. And so to really be completely get, you know, bite the ghost thinking it's an animal or a human and then nothing at all, that would be very frustrating for a shark. What's going on? <laughs> um, I always thought that I would do weird stuff to scare people. Like, I, you know, the, the gag of uh, writing something on the steam of the mirror? Yeah. I would write really random messages. Like, I'd write, buy broccoli. And have them walk out and like, oh no, we were haunted again. Like, what's going on? Or I love the poltergeist thing of stacking stuff. Yes, that's always a good one. You just like, turn around and there's like this impossibly stacked pile of things <laughs> like balancing on a bobblehead. And like, how did that happen? But you would just poke people. Yeah, I'd wake <sighs> them up. I'd be like, hey, 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 wake up. I'd get creative with it. I feel like my favorite one, because uh, like, I remember when I was a kid. We got, Batman Forever just came out, and there was a poster of this, the Riddler poster, and you press a button and you hear uh, the Riddler laugh. Eventually that broke or was haunted, but it started laughing in the middle of the night. Oh no. And the audio was really bad, so it stopped being a laugh and more just... So you heard that mutter at, at night, 
And I remember uh, being a young kid, tearing it down, <laughs> rolling it up, and then throw, going outside and throwing it away. And I remember my parents were like, what happened to your poster? I was like, I had to throw it away last night. <laughs> there was no choice. I had to, yeah, making weird noises or like, especially if I lived somewhere that had kids, uh-huh. I would definitely like be friends with the kid to make the parents be like, what's going on? Or a cat. Or a cat. Yeah. And be like, I'm going to pet the cat. And the cat would just run over to a corner and be like, Uh, or like messing with like kids toys but the toys that are at the very bottom of the pile of toys that have batteries so they're like what is that noise uh noisy noisy toys malfunction is the worst i had a friend that had a malfunctioning furby when i was a kid oh my god i think it was the worst would make like I couldn't but make weird noises at the middle of the night that didn't actually see, like all the Furbies had that problem. Yeah. But she kept hers all in the top of her closet. So you would just look up at this wall of Furbies and like some of them would like I feel like that's coo. a scene for the birds. Yeah, they'd coo in the middle of the night. Like, <laughs> you're like, oh no. Oh no, or say things like, I want to be your friend. My, I don't uh, want to be yours. My little brother had a big bird toy where if you turn on a light you'd hear a big bird say good morning or hello oh no and it would do that without light like it would just be in the middle of the night where i'll be like watching tv or something in the living room and i'll hear hello and i'm like hmm i hate toys that make noise (laughs) i have some friends that have kids and they're like nothing that makes noise please on its own on its own well but people do that with alexa i hate alexa when she laughs randomly like i heard that oh yeah alexa did that to us the other day oh good and what is she said something the other day too that was like we were doing something else she was like i'm sorry i don't understand that (laughs) it sounded like something out of like i don't know i'm almost like talking to alexa like what don't you understand (laughs) (laughs) what don't you understand why are you listening what don't you understand (laughs) i was telling you it's all the soviets listening in Sure, I don't. I will. I refuse to have one in my house. It's not even. It's not paranoia. I just can't stand the idea of someone laughing like randomly in my house. Um, I don't. You said you said you're a skeptic until you believe, until you witness something, and mm-hmm. I feel like that's the same way with me. Is that when you hear me say, "Oh yeah, ghosts are real," that's because I've seen some shit. Yeah, absolutely. But until then, we'll see. And so I don't want to deal with hearing Alexa say stuff when no one's with me i don't think alexa's haunted though i think she's just a robot listening device that picks up on keywords sure i mean i feel like that's the same way with my cell phone is i'll say i'll say a word that sounds something i'm not gonna say it because i don't want my phone to be like yeah no don't worry about it i'm not gonna talk to your phone right now uh the conjuring films do any of them have any kind of like appeal to ghost hunter types i really like the first conjuring uh-huh. it scared the hell out of me we were actually supposed to go on investigation that night and i was like oh, uh-uh. uh-uh i'm not going but it's just like just the way the first story feels very human like uh-huh. you really feel for the warrens you really feel for the i don't remember the name of the family the family, the the family. family. you yeah. feel for them and which is also impressive because the warrens were shit people uh-huh. They really were, but there I am feeling bad for them, and by the end of the movie, I'm just like, oh, my life is just one weird phone call away from The Conjuring. <laughs> and it's another one of those movies where the first half is done really well, and the second half just, like, shit hits the fan, and you're like, no, no, chairs don't fly. 
My, speaking of chairs, my favorite one is from The Conjuring 2 when uh, they call the cops because they hear noises. And the cops are going on the wall and they hear it and they're like, oh, I think you got something on the wall. And they, they bring the chair over to look and the chair slides back. And they're like, all right. And they just leave because ghosts aren't illegal. So nothing <laughs> you can do about ghosts. But I like the, f- the first parts of The Conjuring films are always my favorite part. Like the Annabelle story. Yeah. Because they take the Warren's biggest cases and just kind of push them aside. They're like, this is Annabelle. She was belonged to a nursing student. That's This is her story. Done. We're moving on to a story that you've never heard of before. Or in the second one, which the Warrens did not investigate the infield poltergeist. That second story is entirely made up. The Warrens okay. stopped by to meet them for like five minutes. Um, but the, they tell the Amityville story and it's just like, they're and gone. You know, that opening shot of them in the house and you like pull back to see that it's the Amityville windows. Oh yeah, that made me happy. <laughs> but I feel like I feel like there's a lot of Amityville Amityville films that they yes. didn't want to go through that story again. Exactly. It's like, why bother? You already know what happened. Let's tell a more interesting one. Sure. Well, uh, I think we're out of time right now. Uh, thank you so much. I'm hoping I can get to the Red Lion Tours. That sounds amazing. You better. I, that, and that's Sundays, right? Yes. Okay, Sundays. cool. Looking very forward to that. Um, do you, Where can someone find you on social media? So I am on Facebook. My Facebook page is The Paranormal Pixie. My Instagram handle is the Paranormal Pixie, and then my Twitter, which I never use, but I have it, and it just posts, <laughs> it just posts my Instagram thing. So if you don't have Instagram, you have Twitter, then you can follow me on Twitter. It's just para underscore pixie p i x i. You guys start retweeting and posting ghost stories that you find interesting. I really should. I'm just really bad about being on Twitter. So I know on, Insta- on Instagram, I put the hashtag whenever I take photos of Midsummer Scream. I put mm-hmm. the hashtag. Uh, uh, Paranormal P- Pixies Pumpkin Patch. And then it's only, I think, me and Buster post yeah. <laughs> using that hashtag. That's about it. I use it on Instagram, <laughs> Paranormal Pixies Pumpkin Patch. Oh, and then I have my website, theparanormalpixie.com. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're going to, I think you said you're going to be more active on that. Yes. When can we expect, or is it t- you know, TBD? I'm working TBD? on it. Okay, cool. <laughs> All right, well, thank you very much for this time. Uh, I appreciate you putting up with my questions. This is super uh, fun. Oh, I'm. Right, I'm looking. Uh, that those ghost stories were actually really interesting. I, I, I it get, it's get, making me excited to see your tour. All to right, your tour. All right, thank you very much, and good night. <laughs> <laughs> Bye.